0: Hello and welcome to Songcraft, Breaking It Down, a podcast where we take a different song each week and analyse what we as musicians believe the artist did well and what in the song was lacking. I'm the host Ryan, I'm a drummer in the band Pure Delights and Heroes Fly, I'm joined by two fellow musicians who will each introduce themselves, so let's take it away.
1: My name is Ed and I am an expert musician I would say, Um, other people might say highly amateur Um, I have played in several bands as well, down through the years at the minute I am in one band called The Pure Delights, another band called One of Secrecy,
0: and another band called Heroes Fly. And we also have Paul who is also a bandmate of Ed's.
2: Yes, as you can see I'm a drummer, you can see I'm the only one with drums in the background, so I'm very good at that. I'm also extremely good at uh, shredding the guitar, I've got a shredder outside, I go through many a week. And I am the lead guitarist of Heroes Fly, and uh, I also have m- m- many of my own bands, and lots of solo projects too.
0: Good stuff. So Paul chose our song for this first week, so what song did you choose?
2: I chose John Bon Jovo, or Bon Jova" and the song Dry County.
0: Yes, so do you want to start us off on your thoughts?
2: I chose this song because, number one, it's a very long song, you don't get them these days, Uh, and it's an epic song, one that stood the test of time. So I thought it might be good for us to analyse it, break it down, and see why.
0: Yeah, as as, as you said there, um, songs nowadays aren't very long, and I don't know if you've ever heard of the one minute rule which is artists try and get to the chorus within a minute and as quick as possible, and that quite often determines how successful a song nowadays will be, ironically.
2: Well, it's interesting you say that because that was one of the things I was wanting to say. Normally, with a song, there's two different, from what, my point of view, there's two different ways of uh, whether you like it or not. You can either listen to it, and then within that first minute, like you said, um you think, oh, this is a good song, who's this? Or it may take a few listens before you actually get it. And I I think this song, Dry County, is the one that takes a few listens before you actually think, this is a brilliant song.
0: Yeah, you'll have been listening to it for about an hour and you've heard it, what, five or six times and you'll then kind of get the full potential of the song because obviously it's so long you tend to only focus on small sections of it
2: yeah i mean with me it's been 20 years of listening and now i've just started to like it <laughs> that's not true
0: yeah because it's i think it's about it's just it's just a little bit under 10 minutes and it's it's actually quite interesting when i looked into the lyrics how it's about the u.s decline of the oil industry the domestic oil industry um and it's maybe not a normal Bon Jovi topic, because generally they're kind of all lovey-dovey songs, always keep the faith, they're all sappy, in a way. Was <laughs> the song used in a soundtrack? Uh, it might have been, I'm not too sure. I don't think so. Uh,
1: it's
0: kind of a story song in itself,
1: isn't it? So it, it would either be used in a soundtrack that was about the story behind the song, or it wouldn't be, it's not used in a soundtrack as far as I'm aware, and I watch a lot of movies.
2: <laughs> yeah, because... They call them 18 movies and say...
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean there's lines in it, um, like the oil's gone, the money's gone, and that's, and, well it is, and all the jobs are gone, which is what really commonly happened in the US, they went from one town which had oil, the, the oil dried up they moved on to the next town and that happened constantly so there's loads of abandoned oil wells in the US that are just not used and there's some of them that get turned into museums and there's some of them that just sit there and do nothing
2: Interestingly there was a film in 2014 called Dry Counter based in Colombia Didn't use that song Don't know Didn't bother to watch <laughs> <laughs> research there Paul my <laughs> <laughs> researcher on the go
0: <laughs> yeah I think it's interesting there's the lines uh, now I packed up with my wife and kid and left them both back at home um that this describing a guy who actually like he was in the like the actual domestic industry and he left his kids at home his wife at home and went to wherever they were going
2: I mean if you look at the lyrics for the first mm-hmm. verse I mean, the way that they've been written I think is is quite clever it's not just describing it and, and mm-hmm. that's it it's been turned into poetry
0: yeah, well they've they've included part of um, what Jesus did, turned water into wine mm. and then immediately go on to say something, it's the devil's blood
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well there's a
2: contrast there, isn't
0: there? yeah, but yeah, yeah I think some that...
2: love it, some hate it depending on what side you're
0: on. Yeah, exactly. I'd imagine the wife and kids probably didn't quite like the industry as much as the man did, if he's willing to chase it and leave them at that, home.
2: Oh yeah, and also those that maybe had farmland that was taken away or bought off them for next to nothing and then they've got these big oil pumps and things and making all this, pumping out all this money. Yeah,
0: I was reading about this town, it's Pithole, Pennsylvania, which was, it was actually only officially a town for 10 years. It had a peak population of 20,000 people and its oil boom only lasted about two years. So the time it was actually, it had a large amount of people was 20,000. There was very, very few houses. I think there was only like kind of a couple of hundred 300 houses, most of it was hotels, because they knew they would be coming in, going to hotels constantly because they're mining, and then going off to the next place. It was a pure oil town. They didn't keep it going after that. It's, it lasted a total of about 12 or 13 years I was reading. So it just shows what happens.
1: Yeah. Well, I've got some comments on, on it, because this song... I remember the Keep The Faith album coming out, and it was such a, a shock, really, because Bon Jovi had not released an album for several years. We were into the 90s, weren't we? What year was it it came out? 1994. 1994. So we're into the 90s, Bon Jovi's style of music and their, their presentation of their band was completely out of date, and they updated themselves, they got their hair cut they released this album which was completely different from everything else and it was brilliant, a brilliant album and Dry County was the highlight of the album um, after a couple of lessons uh, I think I agree with you that it's not a—it's not one that jumps out at you straight away although the solo jumped out at me straight away but the verse and chorus didn't jump out at me straight away yeah um, but the, the problem with it is my viewpoint on a brilliant song or a timeless song is one that you can listen to over and over again for decades and it never gets old. With Keep the Faith, unfortunately, it it is one which has grown old a bit for me. And so at times it'll come on. It is on my playlist, which is basically the highest compliment that I can give to any song. It's on my playlist. Sometimes when it comes on, I'll say skip because I just don't I don't have time for it. Um, so there is actually saying all that there is very very few songs that you can listen to over and over again for decades I feel and and not, not lose some of the luster of the song. There's only one I can think of at the moment but we'll come to that at a later week. That's got to be on week's <laughs> album. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> Um, but this this one kind of aged a little bit for me. I enjoy it more when I haven't heard it for six months.
2: But if you think about just... some of the songs that are on that album, you've got Bed of Roses. Yeah, yeah. You've got Keep
0: some very good songs on that album.
2: Dry it In These Arms. Yes. Uh, they're probably the, the most popular of that album. Yeah. Um. I mean, I have like with, for instance, Bed of Roses. In particular, I've heard like I've got a few different artists that play that acoustically, Mm. so I've got one of them on my playlist just to just to change it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, I think I think to a certain extent, but Dry County because it's such a long song, um, and because I don't have it on my playlist, I just listen to it every now and then when I remember.
0: Yeah, and also it helps it to keep it fresh. Also, with the Keep the Faith album, it was released at a very similar time to their Crossroad album. And Crossroad was a collaboration album of all the... I don't think it was all the singles, because Dry County was a single on the Keep the Faith album. And that wasn't featured on it. It was kind all their big hits, and I, if I remember correctly, Dry County's not featured on it. But all the songs you listed there, Bed of Roses, Keep the Faith, um, they're all on the Crossroad album as well as Always and a lot of other very, very well, Dr- well-known Dry was was songs. Dry County was never
2: released as a single. Was it not? No. no. It could have been a B-side
0: if they had vinyl at that time. Yeah. No, Dry. I think it's probably a bit too long to be a single.
1: The other thing about it was um, it kind of stood out as a song because of the solo at the end. because. First of all, it had this chorus, which they, I think they really took a chance with the chorus by doing the, all well, the money's gone and oil's gone. That that bit, the first time I heard it, it kind of jarred with me. It didn't sound right the way they did it, the way they wrote it. Um, but when That's you listen pre-chorus. to the... Yeah, the pre-chorus. So, but it leads in, you know, it the chorus itself is a standard Bon Jovi chorus. Very good, very catchy. Um... But that bit was kind of taking a chance, and I thought it worked very well when you listen to it overall. But then they took another chance by kind of stopping and doing this guitar bit that kind of speeds up and then goes into this epic solo at the end. Yeah. Um, which um, I thought was an interesting choice. They didn't have to do that. They could have just stuck with what they had as a song. Um, so any thoughts of why they would have done that solo at the end like that?
0: I was going to bring up the solo at the end but for a different reason. As the the only real drummer here, um, I noticed that the second solo builds up using buzz rolls which similarly to the ballad by Guns N' Roses' November Rain, it uses buzz rolls to build up into that kind of end sequence which although it's not a direct slash solo, it is a very big part in that song, it's a very long part and it all kind of kicks back in. but it's the buzz rules that I quite like, and I do like when songs use it, but it's very, very difficult to incorporate into songs. But it works really well with ballads, because ballads tend to have this flow of kind of orchestral or kind of marching band kind of style. And I think the buzzes works really well with the big sound, the concert toms you obviously get in ballads.
2: Well, I think the... Because I, when I was listening to it the other day, I got to that point where it stops, and I thought, "Oh, it's over. <laughs> That's how long it's been since I last listened to it. But then, then it came in with the, the solo, and um, I thought it was actually quite good, the way that it just kind of dies down and then comes back in again. I think it was something that other bands in that time were doing as well, though, weren't they? Like, look at um, songs like November Rain, um couple off the weeper. Weep (laughs) Weep in every song. (laughs) You know, something that was emulated here, there and everywhere.
0: I mean, Nirvana used it a lot.
2: Yeah. Going to the solo, like, when I listened to the solo the other day, I actually kind of thought, I mean, this is, what, 20 years after, I kind of thought, Actually, the solo could have been better. Mm-hmm. I was... Although it's all right, it's good, and you can remember it. But I do think, I think if Slash had played that solo, it would have give it that Guinness Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, he would have used the wah wah for starting. <laughs> That's
2: what was missing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew there was something wrong. Yeah, no. I mean it is it is very much a Richie Sambora solo Um, and I I think it's great I I love it Um, but I also agree that I've got a few ideas that I could have put in there in the solo Um, it would have involved a lot of finger tapping and speed picking um, and sweet but yeah I think that's what made the song I think if it didn't have that solo at the end and in the final kind of verse right at the end I don't think it would have been as ep- an epic as, as a song as, as it was. and I, I think it did influence, particularly it influenced Selton Bridge, uh, a song that we did together, which has a solo at, at the end, a, a long, uh, fast solo with with faster drums. I think it, it particularly influenced that and in the way we did Selton Bridge. So yeah, the solo could have been better, but I think it's still outstanding.
0: No, I think the solo, it's it's very good. But as you said, there's room for improvement. It's not one of those souls that every time you hear it you think, Wow, that's something else. Um, there's a few bands that I think have kind of that in some songs that I will not name yet, but will probably end up doing one of their songs in future weeks. But yeah, the overall song is very it's it's a ballad. That's that's all you can really describe it as. It's a very good ballad. A rock ballad. Yeah. Rock ballad. Is it is it too long? That's that's the only thing I would say is, is it, I think it's a little bit on the long side. So I think now we've discussed it a bit, we have to rate it. So give it a score out of 10 and we'll record this on a little leaderboard. So Paul, you can go first. I think I'm going to give it an 8. I would give it a 10
2: if it had a better solo. Uh,
1: Interesting. And Ed? I'm going to give it a 6.5 and as you'll find out when I rate songs that's quite a high score (laughs) anything over five would would get into my playlist probably Um, 6.5 I think it's a very good song it's well written it's got great lyrics great lyrics and a a fine solo um, lovely piano piece um, as the background to it Um, The only thing about it, I don't think it has longevity as a song. I think it
0: sounds dated, and it doesn't have longevity, in my opinion. Yeah, to carry on with that, I think... I've given it a 7 out of 10, so I'm kind of roughly in the middle of use. Echoing what you've said, it's not something that kind of keeps carrying through It's a very good song they play live, but they don't play it live very often. And that might be because it's 10 minutes long and quite difficult, but... I think its length is what kind of brings it down for me, is that if I'm generally doing things then 10 minute song is not what I want to be listening to more often than not. So I think, yeah, that's, that's why I've put it down to a 7 out of 10, but it is. It's a brilliant song. Anyway, a 7 out of 10 is pretty good in my book. So thank you all for listening, I hope you've enjoyed, and next week we'll be discussing what song, Ed? We'll be discussing next week a song called Silent Lucidity by a band, Reich. Well, called me, Are
2: you on one, Ryan?
0: I do not know that song, actually. Oh. So I will need to look into it. It's Silent Lucidity by Reich. So Silent Lucidity by queensrike So tune in next week to hear our opinions for that and we will hopefully have a fourth person who this week, Tim, he is unwell sadly. So hopefully he's better by next week and can join us and give his opinion as well. So thank you all for listening.